Welcome to Ladies Roadmap Podcast. Are you at the point in life where you finally have the time to think about your dreams and desires, but maybe you don't even know what those are anymore? If you're ready for positive change and an enriched life, then come along as we interview thought-provoking guests that will inspire and motivate you. We are also going to bring you practical steps on how to use journaling to illuminate your thoughts, which can then turn your dreams into reality. Hi, ladies. We are here in Los Angeles today, and we have Coley Den Hahn. And Coley is a third-generation restaurateur. She's opened two restaurants in the last 10 years in downtown L.A., earning many accolades and awards. Coley is a sommelier. Which and, that's so impressive, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, just what it took to get that. And we are here in her wine store, which is the hippest most unique wine store you've ever seen. And the name of this store is Vinovore. And that is really kind of what makes this store the most unique is Coley has a unique way of selling and, and um, we should say merchandising her wine. She has this really unique tasting, tasting uh, calendar that she's going to tell you about. But also... Coley only sells wines that are made by female vintners. Welcome, Coley. Thank you. I am happy to be doing this. Well, we're so excited to be here because we women love wine. Mm -hmm. And we came across you. uh, We heard about you on another podcast. Someone had mentioned your store and that you only sell women made wines. And we were just like, okay, we got to hear more (laughs) about this. And it's, is this right? Is it one of the only stores in the world like this? I mean, as far as I could find on Google, (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, when I first had the idea, I went to the internet, of course, and, you know, kind of to my excitement and my sadness, uh, I found out that there, there doesn't really seem to be anything that exists along this, this line. Well, I was just going to say that I think that, um, you know, to say, you know, women getting into wine, it's a lot of, it's definitely a male dominated industry. It is. Um, you know, women are the number one consumers of wine, both in retail and restaurant, but definitely on the back end, you know, it, it is uh, a male-dominated field. I, am, I just found, heard a statistic the other day that only 10% of winemakers in California are female, so that just kind of gives you an idea of um, the odds here. Uh, and then definitely in the restaurant and hospitality world, it's always been pretty male dominated. Well, and speaking of that, are you still in the restaurant business as well or? No, um, I still have a little bit of steak in a, in a restaurant. Um, and then I went ahead and sold, um, my shares at, uh, Perch and the must. Uh, I decided I really wanted to switch focuses. I was a little burnt yeah. on the restaurant scene and I wanted to try something new and a little, you know, challenge myself in a different way. And I had this concept and idea that I was really excited about. So I just decided to switch gears a little bit. Well, and, and we were just talking before we started uh, recording that, you know, she didn't even plan it. This whole female wine vintner thing has just ended up being at the right time. And now everyone wants her on a podcast or to talk to her. She's <laughs> becoming famous for it because of this new, this movement. Which yeah. is, like you said, it's kind of sad, but it's also great that you're doing it. Yeah. So, obviously, we're just wondering, you know, when you decided to start this, were you thinking, well, I wonder how many women really are, you know, doing this? 
You mean making, making wine? wine? Yeah, yes. I mean, I've been in the wine business for a while, so I, I, there was already a decent amount of wines that I'd already been buying throughout the years that I knew that were made by women. Um, when I first had the idea, I definitely went to a lot of my peers and asked them what they thought of the idea uh, because I knew it would be a risk. I knew I was going to open a wine shop. Uh, Vinovore was already in the works. Uh, like with you said, you know, the tasting chart, and um, that was the original concept. And I just started thinking, you know, how, how can I make it different? Um, and the response from all of my friends and the people in the industry was just overwhelmingly positive. And I'm like, okay, let me do it. Isn't it funny how you always get these ideas and you think, oh, someone's had to have done this. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> it is, to think that no one has is actually, it is very sad. Yeah. But yeah, we're it, so excited you're doing it. But there's this, so we're what, here, ladies. I wanted to share with you, sort of, let's, let's paint the stage. You know, Lana and I are actually here in the store and we're looking around and it's got all these, it's just so warm and cozy and, and hip and it's the hip. hippest wine store you've ever been books in. and paintings and flowers and plants and it's and just very unique but the one thing that's really really unique is that she has what you you've discovered something tell well, us about vinavore. this yeah the name of the vinavore. store is vinavore yes and that is so creative but the way you engage your clientele or your customers is brilliant so we want you to explain it yes so vinavore is a play on carnivore uh, so we decided to, I decided to go with this kind of animal theme. And when I was really looking around, again, I wanted to kind of challenge myself and do something different. And when I opened my first wine bar, you know, in 2007, I was like, how am I going to make wine approachable for people? Uh, how do I demystify and debunk, you know, the stodginess that comes along with wine? So I wanted to kind of apply that same philosophy to a retail shop. So I looked around, um, you know, and L.A. is actually filled with some great retail shops, and I, I knew I wasn't necessarily filling a void because there are great wine shops in L.A. But I was like, how can I make this different? How can I make this really the people's shop? Uh, because sometimes, I mean, I, everybody's different, but I don't always like talking to people. And I wanted to give the customer as many tools as possible to really explore the wine shop on their own. And I like to carry kind of obscure and different things. And I don't want people to feel intimidated. So we came up with this chart. It's almost like a, like a Chinese zodiac or astrology uh, chart uh, with uh, nine different uh, animals. Uh, and each animal kind of has a personality that the consumer can identify with. And within that personality, there are different categories of wine. So for instance, uh, you like really, really big, rich reds, you're probably going to be a bronze T-Rex. So once you figure it out, or if you're in a big red mood and you, you want a bronze T-Rex wine, you just simply go to the wall of wine that we have uh, displayed and every wine has a color-coded sticker. So you would look for a bronze sticker. So normally maybe you know that your safety zone is, you know, big Cabernets from California because, you know, that's what you like. But I have a 100% Tintilia grape varietal uh, from uh, Italy that totally fits in that flavor profile. So maybe you might be more willing to try outside of your box um, and try new things because you know that this this is who you are. You're a bronze T-Rex. Yeah. Well, and uh, it works. Well, I have to say how funny because I went through it and I feel like I'm a purple ape. Uh-huh. And you guys, I just want to show you how clever she is because this is her description of a purple ape. 
Cheeky and vibrant, a purple ape is always ready to party. At times, lacking a bit of self-control, totally me. But who says that's a bad thing? There's no rumble in the jungle because you keep it Lucy and juicy. And you are right. That is you. I love so it. I'm going to go look for what, what is the purple ape? Yeah, Never, it's the purple ape. So usually kind of younger, fresher, jammier reds, bright red wines. Uh, that you actually know. sounds really. Yeah. I mean that, but this looks yeah. like a zodiac thing, but yeah, it fits your personality. I mean, this is mm-hmm. so great. So when I come in, I don't have to say, "Okay, excuse me, ma'am, mm-hmm. I want this," and I just wouldn't know because it's overwhelming when you don't have any idea of which wine to go for. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's always somebody here that's knowledgeable, and, and we're sure. happy to help. But sometimes you kind of just want to do things on your own, yeah. and you know, you don't really want to be talked to. And I, I really looked around at all these wine shops. And they literally just have price tags. And some of them don't even have them categorized by regions or or style. And it's like, if I don't know about wine, I'm going to either have to guess or I'm going to go with whatever I feel safest with or I'm going to have to talk to somebody. And, and, and once just, again, I'm looking around. She's got these adorable tags on yeah. all the wine with huge descriptions yeah, and so explanations. You, you really can go in here and find something different and, and have some try yeah, something Yeah, and some new. great pricing. I mean, I see that the pricing is great. And that was one of the things I wanted to ask you. I wanted to say, gosh, Cole, you know, like you said, most of us stay with what's safe. Mm-hmm. And say I'm having a dinner party and I really want, I don't want to buy something really expensive because I'm having, you know, a lot of big wine drinkers, mm-hmm. but I want something that is full bodied or, or I want to offer a choice. And I see that you have, uh, now I can come in and look at the, what kind of vinivore am I? She has a huge chart, you guys, on the wall with the animals. I mean, it's really cute and we're going to take photos and we'll have it on our website so you can, you can take a look, but um, and of course, you can go to Coley's website. Yeah, she's got all it all on there. On there. Too. Yeah, so it's it's awesome. But so I had some questions. Now, we both did more about going back to the female vintners. Mm-hmm. Did you have to? Since you said there's only like ten percent in California, have you had to go and really seek out these these different female vintners, or are they now <clears throat> calling you? Do you travel? Um, it's definitely been a combination. So in the beginning. Um, I have a lot of really amazing vendors that I work with uh, that sell wine. They have these kind of portfolios. Um, So at first, I reached out to these relationships that I had and told them what I was doing. And, you know, the reactions were kind of like, oh, you know, I have so-and-so and so-and-so and and they're they're great. And I have, you know, these people to show you, these women to show you. And then the other half was kind of like, huh, I don't know. Nobody's asked me this before. Let me look into my book. And then they would discover, oh, I didn't even know that this was made by a woman. So that was kind of the beginning stages. Um, Since, you know, we've had a little bit more popularity. Either, you know, a lot of women have reached out to us to to carry their wines. And then I've also had customers come in. Because I think since there is so many less female winemakers, when a person does meet one, say, you know, in the Central Coast tasting wine, it really sticks in their memory and they feel very um, bonded (laughs) to that winemaker. So even people who've gone to Italy and, you know, been like, oh, have you tasted this? Or maybe they had gone to a special dinner that, that featured a female winemaker. So it's definitely kind of evolved to, again, you know, kind of, the people store as well. You know, if somebody really wants something, I'll try my best to bring it in. So have you noticed that, what, there, is there anything different about a woman that, what they bring to winemaking? What is it that they bring? Yeah, I mean, this is a generalization. 
Uh, so I, I can't say that, you know, broadly, um, there is a, a, a big difference between men and women winemakers. But overall, I, I do tend to find that what's very important to women is uh, minimal intervention, uh, really letting the grape uh, and the terroir, which is the, the soil and, and the atmosphere in which the, the vines are, are growing in, speak for themselves. Um, the wines tend to be a little bit more restrained, a little bit more elegant, uh, you know, not as in your face, like oaked, big, you know, uh, higher alcohol. Uh, women definitely tend to be a little bit more taken aback, uh, really, again, just kind of doing as little as possible. So, so would that be more organic? Organic, natural, biodynamic, which kind of by default, we are a natural wine shop because that seems to be so important to women. Uh, a big a big story that I kept hearing over and over again, which I thought was really cool in the beginning, is, you know, especially in Europe, you have these estates and chateaus, France, Italy, Spain, that have been in these families for years, hundreds of years. And, you know, historically, it would always be, you know, the sons or the husbands of the daughters that would take over. And in the last maybe 15, 20 years, a lot of women have been, it's been acceptable for the daughters and the wives um, and the sisters to really step in. And one of the first things that they do is they change the growing to organic. I mean, wow. and that's, I heard that over and over again. Oh, so-and-so took over her dad's farm in 1998 and she changed all the farming to organic. And, you know, that was just kind of a, a repeating uh, through line, which I found kind of fascinating. Yeah, so I think so too. And I mean, the, it's there are many of us who actually are looking for organic wines, mm -hmm. and a lot of them that you find in the store. Some are good, some aren't so good. So it's great to know that you have such a big supply. Now, do you do um, online orders? I didn't. We just started. We just got our license, so hopefully, we're actually going to be setting that up in the next like week or two. We're, we're hoping by November first, we're we're ready to go. Great for yeah. women who don't live in yeah. California that would still really like to support the Absolutely. female vintners and get the organic wines and we'll have all of that on our show notes ladies yep. and uh, on our website okay so this is a question that we were discussing that we thought is really important I feel like I personally have maybe in Lana we have a couple like maybe five or ten wines that are our go-to wines mm -hmm. so let's just say we're going to a restaurant and we open the menu and there's all these choices and none of our favorites are mm -hmm. on there is is there is something that we're not familiar with is there something you, that you can recommend that we do or have in the back of our head? Do we ask the sommelier? Like, what do we do to get past that? Yeah, as a sommelier, what would you direct someone like us to order, do you think? Okay, a few things. One, you know, and being a person that's in the business of selling wine, I probably shouldn't say this, but I always tell people that you don't have to spend a lot of money to have good wine. So don't, always, don't feel intimidated if you don't know the list to go for the expensive thing and don't be bullied into it by a sommelier or your waiter because um, that's not always the case that it's the best wine. Um, two, you know, another thing that this whole concept was kind of built around is, is wine is what you want it to be. And, and that's really important and, and that's where a lot of the pretension comes in from wine. Um, you shouldn't be told what you like. So the best thing to do is kind of learn how to communicate what you like. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people will come in and ask for a dry rosé. Uh, most all rosé is dry. Okay. But what you might be considering or perceiving as sweetness is fruitiness. So you do not like a fruity rosé. 
you like maybe a more mineral mineral uh, driven rosé, um, or a fresher, crisper. You know, there's just kind of little keywords right. that you can learn how to say because a dry rosé, you're gonna end up with pretty much anything. Okay. Um, just because it's pink doesn't mean it's sweet per se. When a wine isn't dry, that means there's leftover residual sugar, which pretty much never happens unless it's a dessert wine. So dry is one of those kind of words that's very, people like to use it a lot. And, and I know what they mean, but not everybody is going to know what you mean. So usually when people want something really dry, it's either if it's a red, they like a lot of tannins. Okay. Um, if it's a white, they like a lot of acid, crisp, minerality, um, vegetal notes. They're, they're wanting to stay away from a lot of fruitier, juicier kind of things. That's great, great advice. Because mm. it, it is all about those key words you want to give the mm. waiter. Because I typically, like you said, I don't go for the most expensive. I don't necessarily go for the least expensive. But when you have a great waiter or sommelier and they, they give you, you know, the right tip and they'll say a lot of times, you know, hey, I, I drink this one and I think it's fabulous. Here comes it. Um, but anyway, so that's great advice. You wanted to talk to Kali a little bit about being a sommelier. I did, because um, I saw the, the documentary Psalm. I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people have told mm-hmm. you that. And it's really, and now I've seen the second one too. It, it's such a good movie. And it was such a, it looked like it was such a challenging experience. So I was just wondering what your experience was going through that. Yes, I um, I have seen those movies as well. And that is definitely a different world <laughs> than, than I... Um, partaken uh you know so they're they're going to be master sommeliers which is arguably one of the hardest tests to take i mean the blind tasting stuff is is really difficult um and I, blind tasting for people would be where you they give you three or four glasses of wine and then you just have to taste it and say where's the region where's oh, wow. what year it was oh, my made gosh. And, uh, sometimes even the producer uh, yeah, wow. yeah it's like, so that's the, to be a master so there's master. okay so there are masters there's many more, levels okay, okay. there are many it. levels i actually and that's quarter master sommelier so there's different organizations as well oh um mm-hmm. that put it on have sommelier training right so i actually took the italian the ais course it was the first time they ever offered it in english Oh, in the United States, and um, so I'm uh, specialized more in Italian wines, um, but of course it, you know, it encompassed everything. Um, so I took that like 12 years ago. So and what was ago. the pr- what, how long did it take you to prepare for that? Um, the whole course and everything was about a year. Wow. Yeah. You know, you were talking back about being, you know, pretty burnt out by the restaurant business. And we, you know, you hear about how, and you see how difficult it would be to run a business, uh, to run a restaurant. And that was how, so, so you ran, you opened two different restaurants, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then was it kind of, what was the, I don't want to use the word breaking point, but what was it that, when was the point that you just said, Okay, <laughs> I'm up to here. Was it just so many times? <laughs> <laughs> so many days, so many years. Um, but what like pushed you over to make you to be the catalyst to say, I have got to do, I'm going to pivot, I've got to change things up? You know, honestly, I, and I just had this very political talk yesterday, so this is still weighing on my mind, but you know, going back to the male dominated field. The last restaurant, my business partner and I were both women, and we had to deal with so much sexual harassment in the kitchen, especially between chefs and servers, and I was so tired of it. I was just like, I'm so tired of being pulled in my office with crying girls 
and you know, indignant men. And I just, I, I, I needed to. I, the the back of the house is a very interesting place. Um, there haven't been a lot of rules for a lot of a lot of years, and you know, as we've seen in the last year, I mean, and, and the parallels to production are pretty similar. Um, but, you know, these chefs and, and the culture, it's just completely acceptable, you know, to always be flirting with the, the waiters and the hostesses, the waitresses and hostesses and saying wow. inappropriate comments. And, you know, the kitchen was really a male place. And, you know, I did have male chefs and, and you know, we would try to hire women in the kitchen and they'd always not want to be there. So I, I kind of got tired you of dealing with out. all mm. of that BS. Yeah, um, I can imagine. And I knew that I could have a little bit more control <laughs> here. And, and it was sad because, you know, hey, I was an owner. I was an yeah. operations manager. And, you know, I was in control. But just it, no matter what you did, and, and, and it just kind of has its so mind of its own. This has probably been a pretty peaceful venture. This is delightful. It looks <laughs> so delightful. I mean, yeah, the great. people that come in here want to be in here. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with a level of clientele that's nice. It's really great. Yeah, restaurants are, you know, it's, I, I talk about that too. You know, you always have to compete with Yelp. And, you know, and I, I, the restaurants I always had, had had good Yelp reviews. And it's kind of this necessary evil. But I don't know. I'm guilty of it as well. You go into a restaurant and you're already kind of judging. You know, oh, he hasn't come by yet and asked my, for my drink order. Oh, now my drink order's taking too long. <laughs> oh, this isn't what I wanted on the menu. Or now that's taking too long. Or this is cold. Or this isn't that. Or, you know, like, there's so many variables. Uh, there's so many things that can go wrong. And, you know, people are judgy. <laughs> yeah. But that's great that you were, you know, you were had the wherewithal to say, okay, I've done this. And you were mm. able to. See, a lot of people, when they really do want to make a pivot, we do a lot of women reinventing themselves, and they want to make a pivot, but they're just so stuck. It's just hard to make that yeah. mental and emotional switch. Mm-hmm. And you were finally able to say, wait, this might not be the best for my yeah my mental well-being. I'm over it. Yeah, I mean, it took a little bit of like, oh, you know, am I really ready to let this go? And even in the past year, I feel like I've been tested by the universe, too, by, like, giving me more opportunities. I've been offered a couple of, like, restaurant spaces again. Interesting. I'm like, no, no. And, of course, my mind starts going, well, I could do this, I could do that. But I, uh, I have to stay strong and stay the course. <laughs> Good and, uh, for you. Well, maybe you'll just have some more food. wine stores. Well, we're in the process of looking for another location, so we're negotiating a space already. So, um, but even that space, you know, it has the option to have food, and I'm like, Ugh, oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? Speaking of that, you have some fun events here. Tell we us do. about what you, yeah. do, what you do. I want to hear about that. Um, you know, it's kind of sporadic. Uh, usually, we'll do a wine tasting when we can get a female winemaker in town. Um, we have kind of a monthly or every like five week event that we do with a local uh, animal rescue um, oh. called Wags and Wine. Mm-hmm. That's really a blast. Where they bring the dog, the animals. Yeah, in? the doll. Yeah, it's an adoption yeah. event. They're called oh, Mayday. Oh, I love that. Um, so that's that's one of my favorite events. So we'll do like a wine tasting, and then all of the proceeds for the tasting go towards the the dogs, and um, uh, then the the dogs are available for adoption as well. So that's really fun. Um, we, or I teach a class, um, once a month called wine splaining. 
Uh, so that's a fun one uh, where we go through uh, tasting wine. Um, you know, we usually do four wines, and then I kind of break down basic uh, points of how to taste wine. And then in between, we talk about certain things like how to uh, order wine at a, a restaurant without getting you know, ripped off or, you know, different wine terminology, um, kind of the basics of the structure of wine. So that's a lot of fun. There's always more to learn, isn't there? Always, always. always. Well, if you were to give advice to, say, if you were talking to a friend or a woman about that really was looking to to change and and reinvent themselves or just go into a new business and into something that they were passionate about, is there any one or two pieces of advice you might give them that you've learned along the way? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think being an entrepreneur is really hard. And I think one thing that people don't talk about is it's very difficult to be a perfectionist in an entrepreneur. Oh and I'm lucky that I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a getter doneer. I just, I go and I get it done and it's done and I'm happy with that. Like I do not have to tweak and go over and over and over again um, to make things absolutely perfect. So um, I would say if you are a perfectionist, be prepared to be frustrated and be prepared to really let things go Yeah. because n- nothing will ever go as planned uh, when you are, are running or opening a business. Uh, there's always going to be variables and wild cards that are out of your control and you really just need to roll with the punches, but go for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a go for it kind of person and, you know, balls to the wall and now is a as good a time as any and yeah that is such sage advice that is really great and you've done a great job on this on this store for sure thank you but we have one question that we always ask all our guests and it is do you have any daily rituals that you use to uh, that you like to use to combat combat stress um and keep yourself ageless in mind and spirit Yes, drinking wine. Ah, <laughs> we all agree with that. Not very many people are going. To, it's really funny because our my girlfriends and I will be, you know, be we'll be doing our weekend exercise and we've had a tough week and we just always laugh and say, There is no way we're giving up our coffee in the morning and our wine at night. We just can't do it. Not with the stresses of life. It's like the the two things that keep us sane. So we love the wine and we really appreciate you taking time and showing us the store. And and ladies, you need to check this out if you're in LA. And if not, as Coley said, soon, beginning November, you can order wine from her store online. Yeah. She's got, yeah, she's got a great website. Check it out. Right, let's and have Kelly tell your tell the website name, please. Um, it's vino-vor.com. Yeah. yeah. And we'll have that listed in the show notes on ladiesroadmap.com. Yeah. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. cheers. It's been a pleasure. Today's show is sponsored by My Roadmap Journal, a woman's guide to encourage you to think genuinely about your life and relationships. This beautifully illustrated 176-page spiral-bound journal has been designed to awaken your inner goddess. Come on, ladies, it's time to create the life you've been thinking about. Go to ladiesroadmap.com and push shop. Would you like to hear about our recommended product of the week? Sure you would. So come on over to ladiesroadmap.com and sign up for our newsletter. It's not to be missed. You'll get our current happenings on Ladies Roadmap and Ladies Roadmap Journal. Don't forget to sign up. 
thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else? We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler, at litloops.com. 